Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we are looking at a message that was given by the patriarch to the church, Elder Eldred G. Smith, a direct descendant of Joseph Smith, actually through Joseph Smith's brother, Hiram. He gave this talk at Brigham Young University on March 10, 1964. But I want you to notice, he is speaking to a friendly audience, which means he's not trying to obfuscate, he's trying to educate. He wants to be clear about what he is saying. He's being very open in what he believes as a Latter-day Saint, and I think that he's actually given, for the most part, correct understanding of LDS teaching. And, as I pointed out, what he is saying is not all that different from what we have found modern Latter-day Saints believing to this very day. Now, when I say for the most part, he is teaching things that is true LDS doctrine. He does mess up, and we talked about this in yesterday's show, is he's trying to talk about how great eternal life is going to be if you're a Latter-day Saint. And he's talking about these three degrees of glory the celestial, terrestrial, and the celestial kingdom. And he says, I cannot for a minute conceive the celestial being hell either, because it is considered a heaven, a glory. And as Eric pointed out yesterday, the Doctrine and Covenants does say that hell is synonymous with the celestial kingdom. Then he went on to say that the prophet Joseph Smith told us that if we could get one little glimpse into the celestial glory even, the glory is so great that we would be tempted to commit suicide to get there. Now, that's not a true statement. As we brought out yesterday, nobody seems to be able to find the reference that shows that Joseph Smith did, in fact, say that. And as we cited yesterday, one Mormon philosopher, Truman G. Madsen, in his book titled The Radiant Life, page 91, he said that he tried to look for this statement and couldn't find it. So, as far as Truman Madsen was concerned, this is probably just a rumor that's been going around and a rumor that Eldred G. Smith is passing off in this talk as well. If anything, it came from the diary of Charles C. Walker and the way Charles C. Walker seemed to have understood this statement by 4th President Wilford Woodruff. It wasn't a glimpse of the celestial glory. It was a glimpse behind the veil. Now, I don't even agree with that. I, I certainly wouldn't think a glimpse behind the Mormon veil to understand their hereafter would certainly cause me to want to commit suicide, because there's a lot of negative when it comes to getting a glimpse behind that particular veil. Sure, there's the celestial kingdom and exaltation, but yet there's a lot of other things as well, including the terrestrial kingdom and the telestial kingdom where an individual who was assigned to those levels certainly is not able to participate in the grand things that most Latter-day Saints want to participate in the hereafter. Mr. Smith goes on to say, Through the atonement of Christ, every person who comes to this earth and dies before the age of eight is automatically heir to this celestial kingdom. 
Now, that's taken from section 68, verse 27 in the Doctrine and Covenants. That's where this age of eight pops up. There's no place in the Bible that gives us such an idea. There's no place in the Book of Mormon that says anything like that. This age of accountability just arbitrarily is placed at the age of eight. If we think about that, though, Eric, when he says through the atonement, every person who comes to this earth and dies before the age of eight is automatically heir to this celestial kingdom. Now, I would think that if I had a glimpse behind the veil and I saw that if I was under the age of eight, I'd go right to the celestial kingdom. Now, that might be worth pursuing, you might think. Kill yourself before you turn eight. But once you turn eight, that option is no longer open to you. What it means is that even a child as young as eight, it seems that they, after they turn eight years old, are just as much responsible for keeping their covenants, which is keeping commandments, as even their adult parents. I don't think that's a positive thing, because that's one of the big difficulties in LDS theology, is keeping those covenants. Smith goes on and says, if you have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ by baptism and live worthy of that covenant that you make in baptism, then you will be eligible to receive the celestial glory in the resurrection. Now, this is really not new. This is something that's certainly taught today. If you were to look in the manual titled True to the Faith, a Gospel Reference, a manual, a correlated manual that was produced in 2004, you find this about baptismal covenants. Page 23. When you were baptized, you entered into a covenant with God. You promised to take upon yourself the name of Jesus Christ, keep his commandments, and serve him to the end. And then it cites Mosiah 18, 8 through 10, and D&C 20, 37. You renew this covenant each time you partake of the sacrament. So you not only, as a Latter-day Saint, make this covenant that you're going to keep the commandments when you're baptized, you are making it every week when you partake of the communion elements or the sacrament, as it's understood in the LDS vernacular. But how many are doing that? Because we know for a fact when it says, keep his commandments, LDS leaders have made it very clear. That doesn't mean you get to pick and choose which commandments you want to keep. It doesn't mean that you have the option of just keeping some of them. You are expected to keep all of his commandments. LDS leaders have made this clear. But it goes on at the bottom of the page to continue this thought. Keeping the commandments. Your baptismal covenant is a commitment to come into God's kingdom, separating yourself from the world, and standing as a witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places. And that's a citation from Mosiah 18.9 in the Book of Mormon. Your efforts to stand as a witness of God include everything you do and say. Strive always to remember and keep the Lord's commandments. Keep your thoughts, language, and actions pure. Now that's commendable, and I would say that's very noble if that's what you're trying to do. I think some Latter-day Saints would probably zero in on that word strive, wouldn't you say, Eric? Because we've had that happen. Whenever you talk about striving to keep the commandments, they seem to give the impression that the desire, you know, it's important to have the desire, sure, but don't you think you also must have the desire as well as putting that into action? You can't just have a desire and then not do anything about it, and LDS leaders have been very clear about that. But when it says your baptismal covenant is a commitment to come into God's kingdom, separating yourself from the world and standing as a witness of God— at all times, and in all things, and in all 
places. And as you mentioned, that's from the Book of Mormon, Mosiah 18.9. That's the second time Mosiah 18.9 is cited. That same reference is at the very top of the page when it says, when you were baptized, you entered into a covenant with God. You promised to take upon yourself the name of Jesus Christ, keep his commandments, and serve him to the end. And as you said, Eric, the reference there is Mosiah 18, 8 through 10, which obviously includes verse 9. I've brought this up many times before because it's one of my favorite books to evangelize from, but The Miracle of Forgiveness by 12th President Spencer W. Kimball. He's very clear that you're supposed to do and not try. In fact, he says on page 164, trying is not sufficient, nor is repentance complete when one merely tries to abandon sin. He goes on to 165 and says, to try is weak. To do the best I can is not strong. We must always do better than we can. This is true in every walk of life. I don't think this is possible. I wonder if any Latter-day Saint thinks it's possible. I don't think that many Latter-day Saints do think it's possible because you've asked hundreds of Latter-day Saints if they're doing what Kimball says in that particular portion of his book. And many of them will give a very typical answer. Well, I'm trying, you know, I'm doing my best, but very few are going to be so bold as to say, yeah, I've accomplished that. I'll guarantee you that if they say that to me and they're standing next to their wife, it's only going to take a question to her to prove that this person is probably not telling me the truth. Mr. Smith goes on in his talk to say there are some things still greater than that in store for us. We are told that there are three divisions within the celestial, and the highest is that of exaltation. Exaltation and salvation, then, are different. Are they not? Exaltation means to be raised above, does it not? Well, to be raised above what? What does exaltation really mean? Before we look into that portion of his talk, I think we need to go back and discuss this three divisions within the celestial kingdom. Again, Mr. Smith is not going rogue on us here. That idea is very much a part of LDS theology. This is why when you have a Latter-day Saint be so specific to say they want to go to the celestial kingdom, you might want to ask them very politely, but are there not three levels within the celestial kingdom? Which one do you think you're going to get? To prove this, we're going to look at a statement made by a 70, Milton R. Hunter. He was the author of the book Gospel Through the Ages, but he gave a conference message back in April of 1949, and you can find this particular statement on page 71. In the celestial degree of glory, there are three kingdoms or three degrees. The highest of these constitutes those who receive exaltation or eternal life. Later in October, Milton R. Hunter was again speaking in General Conference, and he talks about this again. Many Latter-day Saints will not attain the celestial glory because they did not abide by the commandments of God. Therefore, they will be very unhappy because they did not gain celestial life, which could have been theirs. Notice he says they will be very unhappy. According to some, this is the hell that maybe many Latter-day Saints are going to experience in the next life. In other words, knowing they could have done better, but they preferred not to do it. But there's something else about this three levels. Bruce McConkie, who was a Mormon apostle, said, Salvation comes to obedience, to the whole law of the whole gospel. Joseph Smith said, Any person who is exalted to the highest mansion has to abide a celestial law and the whole law too. Thus a man may be damned for a single sin, 
a single sin that is unaccounted for, according to Bruce McConkie, is going to damn an individual, and we would have to assume this individual could very well be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is why in section 1, verse 31, that God cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. I think this is where Bruce McConkie is getting it. And the next verse says, nevertheless, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. It's emphasis on the do. And McCaukey goes on to say in his book, Mormon Doctrine, page 234, eternal damnation is the opposite of eternal life, and all those who do not gain eternal life or exaltation in the highest heaven within the celestial kingdom are partakers of eternal damnation. By this we find that in Mormon theology, it's not just to try and get to the celestial kingdom. You need to get to that top level in the celestial kingdom. If you don't achieve that, then you could say that you are a partaker of eternal damnation. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. But did you know you can also listen to past broadcasts at your convenience? Simply go to Mormonism Research Ministries' website at mrm.org. Again, that's mrm.org. And scroll down to the box that says, Listen to the Podcast. Click here, and you'll find links to past shows that cover a number of pertinent subjects. Feel free to download the shows to your favorite listening device, and by all means, please share them with your friends. Once again, that's mrm.org.